do things that are going to put you in a position to fail and put you in a position to be publicly embarrassed because, like, there's actually, when it happens, like, it, it does happen, and when it happens, it's actually a good growth process, and it, it doesn't it doesn't teach you that you never want to do that again. It's the opposite. It teaches you, like, how to do it again, how to do it again and, like, that it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... It's just changed everything in my life. Every single person has a gift to offer the world. And what does that look like? How can we inspire people to do that? Grab onto that and and be anchored in that because um, their fulfillment lies in their identity, not in their actions. You can kind of sort of BS everybody else. It's that kind of thing where you know if you're on it or not. Wake up and clean the slate. And you don't have to believe the lies that people have told you. You're not living that to its potential. It's a waste. Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project. My name is David. And I'm Shara. We are so excited to be here today. Thank you for joining us. Well, I would like to introduce today, we have Angel and Tim. Hi, Angel. Hi. Hi. We're happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming to our place. This yeah, is the thanks. highlight of our week. Oh, <laughs> Very yes. <kind> of you. <laughs> wow. Sweet. I feel I feel so proud of that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, we're just excited to talk to you guys about Boldly Went. But before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourselves and you know, do you live in the Northwest and what do you love to do? Give us a little introduction, Tim. Yeah, um I let's see. So we do live in the Northwest. We're kind of um, nomadic, but I'd say semi-nomadic, but Excellent. we've been based in Seattle for about 13 years now, but we're in the middle of a move um, to set up, we'll probably set up our home base in Tacoma. We've been looking around down there. It's a cool city that has a ton of cool stuff happening for people are doing stuff like what we're doing, what you guys are doing, which is sort of establishing, you know, sort of little independent art projects. But, um, but yeah, we travel around quite a bit with our business, but we've done a lot of, uh, I guess the stuff we've been into has been uh, throughout our, our married life, which is like 16 years now. We've Whoa, done, congratulations. We're super old. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but we've done a lot of traveling around internationally and domestically and a lot of sort of outdoor adventure stuff. So we've done a lot of trail running, hiking. We've through hiked the Pacific Crest Trail. We've done Whoa. a big paddling trip on the Hudson. Um, and then we've done just this sort of a lot of like drifting around on buses in like Latin America and uh, nice. New Zealand, Australia, those sorts of places. So we, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of our thing. It's like the, the adventure thing, whether mm-hmm. that's like outdoors or travel or whatever. So. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It's my intro. <laughs> and I just think that that sums it up really well. Uh, we have been just trying to figure out how to create adventure as our lifestyle. And mm. that's what we try to bring to people because we hear so often, and I know you guys do too, that it must be nice to do these certain things. And we feel like it is really nice, but it's not out of anyone's reach Mm -mm. if they approach with the right mindset. And so that's kind of what our mission is right now. Yeah. So what was that transition from living this lifestyle for yourselves to 
uh, what you're doing now. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. So the transition from going from full-time adventurer to outdoor adventure creator, um, inspirer, intriguer. Yes. Um, Facilitator. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So that, that transition was after we came back from the Pacific Crest Trail, we went to Central and South America. We had a big life event during that, which was that Tim's dad died. And that was pretty unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I think just based on what we've done through Boldly Went and what we're creating at Boldly Went, those life events are what give people that transition to really set on another path. Mm-hmm. So I'm a nurse practitioner by training. Tim is a psych nurse, and we both still work in the healthcare field some, Tim more than me right now. But when that big life event happened with the Pacific Crest Trail, and traveling around Central and South America, we knew that we wouldn't be able to go back to the traditional lifestyle of working the nine to five, which isn't true for a nurse anyway, but you get the point, Um, working a traditional schedule. And we started to figure out and think about how can we move down a path that is more in alignment with who we are as people, as outdoor adventurers and outdoor lovers. And so we created, uh, after meeting some really inspiring people along the way in our journey and realizing that everyone has an interesting path that they're on, we wanted to bring those people together, specifically outdoor adventure people together. And so I said at one point when we were in Peru, when we were with this amazing man, mountain guide named Andres, and we were talking with him in Spanish about where does he go when he's not guiding people in the mountains, and he was pointing to local peaks all around. Oh, yeah, I go up there with my friends, and I go up there with my friends, and I go up there with my friends. And he, we said it would be so perfect if we could somehow find a way to meet Andres directly rather than go through mm-hmm. all of the the agency Mm -hmm. red tape to kind of get hooked into the right person. So Andres was a perfect mountain guide for us because he was a really experienced mountain guide. And at some point during that transition of PCT Central South America, we had this idea of how can we connect directly? And we came back and thought about it for a little bit and finally thought, well, why not create it? Mm. And that was a really brave and scary step because neither of us are business people. And we decided to try to create that connection, to try to start working towards that place where people could connect with one another. Mm -hmm. And then we started creating live events so that people could come together and share their inspiring stories so that we could find even who those people were Yes. So that was secondary to the, like, the guides and finding the right people came first and then the storytelling? And so that was all kind of connected. All together. Yeah. Cool. Because you don't know who you're looking for until you know what kinds of experiences they've had. Yeah. Right. And so pulling that all together was a really important place of where this idea came from. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I think... Um, 
like thinking about transition, it's, it's interesting what we're doing now is very entrepreneurial, but, um, the, the thing I would say is like, we're, so we're 38. We started working on this project when we were 36, I guess, when I was 37. And so you know, not, not spring chickens, right? Like we, we basically had careers uh, for a while and, and those weren't, you know, we weren't really entrepreneurial in those careers, but I think, mm. um, for a long time we have been sort of building towards something like this. I think in a lot of ways, uh, travel, kind of ruined us for a traditional lifestyle because we got a taste of like, there's a lot of possibilities in the world. And so like being just, we just never quite been that kind of people are content with choosing any one of them. So like we, you know, strike out and explore a lot of different things. Um, and then like Angel said, the Pacific Crest Trail was, uh, it's a, for people who don't know, it's, it's the trail that goes between Mexico and Canada. And it takes, it took us about five months to hike. Um, and yeah, with my dad passing in the middle of it, that also just, it was like the combo of through hiking, which is similar to travel, it ruins a lot of people because they're like, they realize you can live dirt cheap, you know, mm. in the woods doing cool things um, mm. for long periods of time. And so they start thinking in those terms, like, well, maybe I'm just not going to work for the next like, mm-hmm. year. Maybe I'm just not going to. Um, so that ruins it. But then, like Angel said, that, that sort of passing of a parent thing, I think really facilitates midlife crisis for a lot of people or quarter-life crisis or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or case, hopefully third. That's what we're aiming for, third-life crisis. But, um, <laughs> um, but th- it's kind of a track that we've been on, right? So it, it, Angel mentioned that we organize events that are storytelling events, but it, the reason that came about really was that she had done that sort of on a just a one-off scale a few years before just as a fun project. And I think this is, this is a good like little takeaway point is like, you look for those things that you do, whether you um, are getting paid for them or not, or those things mm-hmm. you just do for fun that people really like. And that's sort of the, the path you follow is like a, a small business, I think. But, but basically in 2000, this was 2015, 16, she organized a big event with just a group of friends that was really just a passion project that brought together four female pioneers in the outdoor adventure community. So women who were, I think, all in their 60s or older, right? Who Hmm. had basically done, been doing really cool things in the outdoors for years and, and for years before that was like a thing that people were promoting or expecting or even accepting. So it was women who had... Um, you know, been doing ultramarathons, women who had been like explorer, adventure pioneers, women who had been doing just sort of big, long travel expeditions and that sort of thing. And, and that event went over really well. Um, and it was just, I, I think, just a ton of fun. And it was just this little like, oh, this was really fun. I did this because I wanted to. And people really liked it. So maybe there's there's a business in that and there's a business in um, that's like that people are going to get something out of it. It's going to be inspirational. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fun for me because it's like, you know, it was just such a good experience. So I think that that was all these like little things, basically like we, we had this career path. We'd sort of established a base financially. We, we'd worked for a while 
Um, we traveled a lot. We'd done this sort of adventurous stuff, and then we'd done some some things in the past that like were entrepreneurial in spirit, but not necessarily with the vision that this is going to be what I'm going to do for a living. And I think it just all kind of during that PCT Latin America period, it really just congealed into, Mm. you know, what it is now, the project we've been working on for about a year and a half. Awesome. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of processing and a lot of, I mean, you guys obviously spent a lot of time together during that trail. (laughs) And so I'm sure that you're going through a lot of different emotions and thought processes during that time, right? I mean, yeah, it's, I think the trail is funny because we, we hiked like every mile of the trail together, you know, for five months. We, you know, basically I was just like staring at the back of Angel's head, walking. At least it's a pretty For head. five months. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea oh, yeah. what it may look like after <laughs> No, no No, but yeah. <laughs> but you kind of run out of stuff to talk about. So you, you can spend like whole days where you're just like, what are we going to do next? Well, I guess we're going to like walk and then we'll eat something and then we'll walk some more. <laughs> and so, but, you, but there's definitely a ton of internal processing, especially my, um, for a little more detail on the story, my dad was diagnosed with brain cancer like right as we were starting the trail. And he... Oh, wow. Yeah. So after you left. This was right before we were leaving. He got a brain cancer diagnosis. And it's brain cancer. There are different types, but the most common type is a death sentence. There's no, um, there's no effective treatment for it. There's, there's no remission, right? Like you get it and then they maybe take a hunk of your brain out and you live a little while longer and then you die. Like that's just what happens with it. And so we knew that that's what was happening. Um, his, course was um they predicted was going to be about a year and a half um and so we still went on the trail we're like all right so we're kind of like recalibrating our life but um we um we still went on the trail but then his his cancer was particularly aggressive and and came back Mm -hmm. within a couple months and once basically he went through a surgery they took a big tumor out um and that was the, the point they're like expecting it's going to take a couple, you know, he'll have some time before it comes back, but it was just really aggressive. And so it was back and bigger than initially within a couple months. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we got off trail at that point, um, and really expected that that was, that was, that was the day after we hit the halfway point, the morning after we hit the halfway point, we got the message that his cancer was back. So we, we quit the trail at that point. Um, mm-hmm. and then, went back they were in las vegas at the moment which is where uh, my mom and sister live now but that's yeah that's where they were um and so we went back down there and we like got an apartment and we like were we even had like job interviews lined up and stuff um and but within because we were expecting to be there for a few months sort of while he was mm-hmm. on hospice and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing but again the pro- progression was crazy um he you know by the time that we had basically gotten set and gotten our minds around what was happening. Like he passed away. Um, and so he was, I think it was, it was only about a, a week and a half, I think after we got off the trail that he passed away. And so mm-hmm. that was just very like, very sudden, sudden also just like, we were just in this really weird place in life where we we're in the middle of this, like 
big project and this really massive thing had happened and we like weren't weren't close to home we didn't know what to do basically and um it ended up happening that um you know we talked to my mom about it and everything because at that point like we we planned to stay in vegas for you know six months or whatever it was gonna be and um so we were like settled but then like we weren't like we're like well now Mm. what right and so we talked to my mom about it and she was really she really wanted us to go back on trail and my dad totally um like when we came back after the trail he was like oh you don't have to do this you don't have to quit Mm. this project for and i was like that's ridiculous But, (laughs) um, (laughs) but like anyway it was pretty clear that like what they wanted us to do was go finish the trail and I think for us, that gave us the permission to be able to do that, too. Um, and mm-hmm. so we went back and all this, I mean, that's a really long way of saying, basically, that all this processing was happening as a major life event that was just a, like, it, it, it both combined, like, the trail combines this element of, like, you can do what you dream about in life like that's what everybody who's there is doing is this big thing that they you know they really dreamed about so it combines that sense of you can do this and then my dad's passing was like and you you better because Mm -hmm. life's short right like my dad he was 61 when he passed and so you know really that's you know he lived his life but that's young and it was so sudden and he was healthy his whole life otherwise like he didn't have any i mean you know high cholesterol at some point but he never had any major health issues before that so it just was this like shocking like you better do this um you better take a swing at the stuff you want to do as well as the combo of like and why why not right like you can it seems almost like a gift that he gave you yeah i mean i think that it um it's you know the way i think about it is like i wouldn't um you know i would trade that right like if oh, he yeah. if he can yeah. come back right yeah. yeah forget all the learnings from it or whatever like yeah. we'll figure that stuff out some other way but <laughs> yeah um, but but yeah it's it's definitely a thing that i think uh changed the course of the direction of our life so yeah um yeah yeah and i would just add to that and after that happened and we went back on the trail that was a really hard couple of months yeah. and i think as I heard you talk about it just now, I realized too that there were a lot of times that we just hated the trail so much. And I don't know if we hated the trail because we hated the trail because you're tired and exhausted or if it was because we just had so much emotional energy going into it. Mm -hmm. And I also think that that learning was that even things that are big and important that you want to work on, you're going to hate sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, and just to settle in with that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important lesson that is super magnified. It was very magnified for us in that moment that we carry forward in the mm-hmm. things that we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's so much space. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which makes sometimes can make things magnified even more than maybe they really are, but you just have all that space to, to think. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing. That's big. that's very impactful, and I I think like you said, it's so important to um, you know to hear those kinds of stories. Um, everyone has 
intense things that have happened in their life. And um, to be able to go through those kinds of things with somebody is a huge deal, especially somebody you trust and you are supported by. Um, To be able to go through that together has got to be pretty intense, but also very Mm life-changing. And so that's exciting in a way for you guys um, that you were able to take hold of that opportunity um, and um, allow it to change you. Mm-hmm. And I think that those hard, hard feelings and those um, very difficult life changes um, can um, stunt some people. And um, for some people, it gives them that that chance. Yeah, I mean, I think it um, it's those things that you have to come to terms with one way or another. And so you kind of, I don't know, you're like, it's the staring into the void thing. Like, you know, you you either accept it and move on and like try to um, just sort of live your life with the, the sort of, you know what, there's, um, there's a guy who's come to one of our events who has a great quote um, named Sean Harriser. He, um, he had a quote that the outcome of life is the same, whether or not you live your dreams, so you might as well live your dreams. Um, so I think that that like, to me, like really encapsulates the spirit of, of that experience for me that like, yeah, there's hard stuff and that like that hard stuff is going to happen even, you know, no matter what you do, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can plan, you can do, um, you can do whatever, um, to try and prevent it, but it's going to happen. So you might as well, you know, Mm -hmm. swing for the fences, right? (laughs) Like, like give it a shot. So, so I think that that's like a good, um, I think a good way to think about the message that came out of it for us, but yeah, sometimes I think you can get bogged down into the, like, this is terrible, life sucks, there's all this <laughs> bad stuff happening, and all that stuff's true, but it's also true that, like, there's um, there's a flip side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a flip side of the possibilities there, so. Yeah. And I think that we saw that, that was the other, the other takeaway, is that we saw two paths at that moment, and, and it's, you know, it's, of course, I guess you could say we saw three paths. The path in front of us, the path to not to not do the thing that we were planting the seeds for, right? Which is boldly went. Or the path that we had just witnessed his parents take. And, and in a way that made the situation more devastating, which was that they were super responsible, hardworking, Midwestern citizens, the kinds of people that are the salt of the earth, who worked every day, small business owners, looked, I think, successful by a lot of the population standard. Yeah. They they, um, were reliable. Mm -hmm. And... They had they were saving for their retirement and they had these dreams that they were gonna do when they retired and they had just reached that point mm-hmm. and they had just moved to Las Vegas to be with the grandkids mm-hmm. from Ohio where they had their small businesses and had retired and sold all of their things mm-hmm. to get to this point. And then this devastating thing happened, which was that they got to the point that they were working towards all of their lives as responsible citizens and it was still taken 
And so I think that that was a huge learning for us as that's a potential path. Mm-hmm. And we and we have the resources enough. And we realize too that anybody at any moment, I take that back, but many people who live in the U.S. have the resources. And the reason we knew that at that moment is because we were hiking the PCT with absolutely nothing really only the things on our backs and our two feet and we camped for free every night the reason we didn't require a lot of resources to hike the PCT of course I think there's lots of different scenarios if you have a family you need different resources but but the point is is that we realized then that the resources we needed to live at that moment we had them and we could take this other path where we could live the life that we wanted in that in that moment and and we also wanted to help other people to connect to people that are making those choices but also to see that there are always options in life that you don't have to get to this point where you work and are responsible and are doing everything right Mm -hmm. to maybe have it stolen from you that's the most devastating tragic thing part or storyline I think in this whole story and why it impacted us so deeply when it and as you said a gift that it happened in the way that it did to us not a gift it's not a gift but it is because we learned so much from it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah death always has this brings a sense of urgency to us you know I've like I've seen so many stories of where this huge seed of inspiration came from that you know yeah, yeah. that urgency that death brings yeah and that's that's actually really there's uh, I think that that's true with um, one of the things we're doing is so I don't know how well we've explained what we're doing in Boldly Wimp yeah we can move into that yeah basically we um, we organize events where we invite people from across the spectrum to come hang out, usually in a bar or a small business or something like that, and tell their best 10-minute or less adventure stories. So it's not curated in the sense that we're not inviting specific people, hey, come, we've got a 10-minute slot for you. We, we, it's open mic style, so anybody can come and tell a story that they want. <laughs> um, and we don't, we don't recruit people either being like, hey, I know you just climbed Everest or whatever. Come tell us about climbing Everest. It's like, come and tell us an experience that you've had outside that's been like life-changing or, you know, meaningful or just really funny or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? So it's very open. Um, and so people can talk about what they want to. And I think that's part of the the power of it is like a lot of times in the, the outdoor community, we it's easy to find presentations by people who've done cool stuff about how they did the cool stuff, right? Like how they set the record or how they, you know, climbed the mountain or, you know, whatever it was. It's, it's these like big event things, but you, you rarely have opportunities to have people come and just talk about stuff. It's um, it just, you know, just open, right? Like just tell mm-hmm. us a good story, right? Tell us something <laughs> that happened to you. And, and so the things people pick are usually things that are really funny, um, or are kind of awful. <laughs> or things that are awful or things that are, are like that. I think that all started from the death thing. Like people talk about someone who died or uh, something that happened that was really bad to them mm. or something was taken away or they had a, you know, some trauma. 
about it as a thing that then has sort of shaped their their life and um, basically it forced it forced a decision that they might not have made otherwise. Um, so I mm-hmm. think that that's yeah that's it's a theme that has come out in our events as well as a theme that sort of has directed what we've been doing. But yeah, so the so yeah, so we organize those events. Angel does actually most of the work here. I'm talk, I'm talking a lot, but um, Angel actually does most of the work. I just do a little bit of writing, but um, we go all over the place. So we've been mostly in the Western U.S., but also in Canada and a couple places. And we had an event in New York. So we we've traveled around quite a bit in these different communities, just sort of trying to draw out the the weirdos and the interesting people Yay. and the, <laughs> the like, you know, the good stories that are there that you wouldn't hear otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, and then you put it in a podcast. And then, we do. And then you share it in yeah. a podcast form as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And so we get to learn things about people because we care about stories of all kinds, outdoor adventure stories of all kinds. It's defined really broadly. And so because of that, we get to hear and learn about all different kinds of things. Mm-hmm. We talk really openly about gender identity and race and how institutional racism might be impacting outdoor adventure community. And more broadly, we talk about death and we talk about, of course, how the outdoors experience impacts a person and mm-hmm. how it helps them to relate or cope or be a better person. And yeah, and we go into those conversations or it's not a conversation, but we go into those topics in our podcast in a deeper way that you at sitting in a room with a live audience, you get to experience those stories and those people and hold them but we definitely peel away some of the layers when we go into our podcast and mm-hmm. talk about those difficult issues. Mm-hmm. Weight is another issue that's come up. Does that make me and Tim experts of those things? No. Does it mean that we've said things that we would take back? Yes. <laughs> but does it also mean that we are learning ourselves along the way? Yes. And it makes us really vulnerable because we're talking about things that we maybe are an expert in, like racism. Um, we're two white people. We're, we're straight. And what expertise do we have speaking on behalf of people of color? Not much, but we have the expertise of two people that care about it and that want to make the world a better place. And we try to uncover those things in our podcast. Yeah. And I think that it's important to acknowledge that what you are maybe where maybe your strength lies is that you want to be the conversation starters and that somebody who is an expert or somebody who is more passionate in a specific topic um, isn't gifted in that area. Maybe doesn't have the resources or just the passion in general to be that kind of a facilitator. And so I think that's why it is important to couple what you said, that vulnerability, that willingness to be able to go that direction, even though you aren't an expert, to say, I think this is important and I want to make sure these people, you know, their stories get out and they're able to express themselves in this way. And so I think that's really awesome. Yeah, it's really fun. And I think we also bring our background and expertise from the healthcare world of being Mm -hmm. non-judgmental in our approach as much as we can. We still have biases that we don't know about, uh, but that we try to know about. 
And but we try to be as non-judgmental as we can and create an environment where people feel safe and comfortable sharing their personal experience so that we can all learn from that. Mm-hmm. And um, being in the healthcare world, that's what we do every day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's cool too. I really like the the different layers because in the podcast world, like we get to sit and have this conversation face to face and it's great. We're having that like one-on-one interaction, but then in the podcast world, it's like this thing out here in space. Right. But mm-hmm. so then you guys have the live events where it's like, Oh, we're having these great interactions still looking in each other's eyes. Because I feel like with all the good things in technology, that's one thing that is a it's something we have to consider, especially younger people now who don't know how to talk to somebody and look at somebody, you know, because they're like in their phone all the time. It's it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have noticed that with some a lot of the younger generations. It's, it's harder to have that face-to-face conversation. But anyways, all I have to say, it's cool to have those two different layers where you're like, we're having that interaction and then we're also putting it out there so more people can hear. And then you get to remember the stories that you heard at the live event. You're like, oh, yeah, I want to hear that funny story that got told or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah, I think that that is kind of the engine that drives us to honestly, because like for me, the um, I most of what I do with the business is writing stuff. So I'm, I'm mostly just like tapping on a computer. Um, but I, I feel like the that is kind of, Ultimately, for me, it's, like, pretty soul-killing if I'm not interacting with people directly. But the events are, like, a really... There's there's definitely an energy there that is reinforcing every time you go. And, like, I feel like we actually don't... Um, we kind of talked about this a little bit, I guess. Excuse me. I feel like we don't actually do that much. We just create a platform, and then people kind of tell their stories, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, we have an introduction, and then we start pulling names out of the hat. So it's not really, like, that... It's not like we're doing this massive curation out of events, but there's you always guys like... had to establish that though. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I know there was work that went behind. Yeah, no, I think Tim so. said earlier that I do most of the work, so that's his person. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, what I mean though is like no. at the event, it's for like the event, we're not yeah. the center of the show, right? Like yes. we're we're creating a platform so that. Um, I was just kidding. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm not trying to not trying to diminish the work that goes no. behind it. I'm, I'm trying to create a picture that the events themselves are, are kind of a thing that the community is creating. That's yes. The community's creating, right? That's the focus, and that people are coming together and they're kind of taking over. Right. Yeah. And there's a huge energy there and it, like, mm-hmm. it always starts out a little anxious and by the end it's just mm-hmm. like people feel really connected and so that's like, going to those is always like, it just sort of keeps you going because it's a great, great energy and it's a really, I think it's a thing people are looking for, right? Like, oh, like yeah. you said, it's like that connection piece uh, I think, I mean, I think everywhere we go, but this sort of techie Northwest, I think it was like, um, there's a reason it sort of like grew up as an idea here because there's such a, I mean, this is the the hub of like the tech world where people are sort of like in this like black mirror computerized <laughs> existence. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, so the, that's the energy there is like, is, is actually pretty different than the energy on the podcast. The podcast is true. Like we, um, I feel like it's changed over time and it wasn't, um, it's been intentional in ways, but, but it just is kind of the nature of what we did. Like people were telling these stories and they just brought up big ideas. And so like, you can't just not acknowledge that when you're like putting it out on the podcast. Like, you know, if people, sometimes it's just like good fun and they're funny stories or whatever. And that's like, yeah. whatever, you know, that's, it's entertaining. But a lot of times it's like, people are like, <laughs> 
talking life and death or talking like, you know, discrimination or talking like, you know, what it's like to, you know, um, lose your, like become disabled, you know, like these big topics that like just kind of, it's just gonna, you know, trigger bigger, (laughs) bigger issues. So, yeah. Um, So yeah, I feel like that's what the podcast has become. It allows people who maybe, you know, I'm I'm not a super outdoorsy person. I mean, I was, when I was a kid growing up, my mom was always really big on, no, go outside. <laughs> go outside. And so growing up, we were outside and climbing trees and going for bike rides and things like that. But once I, you know, graduated from high school and had to get a real job, it was different. You know, it was walking around cities and being outdoor in the city rather than being outdoor on a trail. And so I stopped being on trails or being in the water and that kind of a thing. But I still felt like when I went to your events that I was connecting, you know, whether it was a good story, a bad story, a funny story, or a dry story, <laughs> you know, it was it was talking about they had to plan or they didn't plan or their plan went out the window or 12 times their plan went out the window. Or... <laughs> Until the plan is totally not. (laughs) mm -mm. And so it was, you know, it's those kinds of things that regardless of your level of being outdoorsy, you are still able to connect as a person um, who is maybe moving through a place in life where you're willing to accept challenge and you're willing to deal with things. I think of it almost as... um, you know, how comedian copes with life through humor for themselves. They find the humor in all of the details around them. And they're just like, how is this not funny? This is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And in, in being an outdoor person, you, you're like, how can you not just figure this out in your brain in some way? Because you have to. And it's so ridiculous that I now have to accomplish this thing because I want to get home alive. And so I just think that those kinds of topics are inevitable. Well, that's right. I think that what you're tapping into is exactly what we want to create and want people to be able to tap into, which is that stories of outdoor adventure of all kinds have similar threads. They have a red thread that connects them, and that thread tends to be overcoming some adversity. And that's why we like to bring diverse groups into a room that don't normally hang out. So this this is definitely from our PCT days where we hiked for five months and we wanted nothing left. We wanted nothing to do with hiking anymore. <laughs> we I'll don't hear any story other than a hiking story. <laughs> and realizing that communities like that stick together because mm. that's who you know and it's normal, right? That's mm. That's why you get different kinds of cliques or groups or whatever you want to call them. And it's normal. So the climbers hang out together. The ultra runners hang out together. The paragliders hang out together, etc. But just because I had just hiked to the PCT didn't mean I just wanted to hear PCT stories. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear stories from the open water swimmers. And there's not a platform that brings all of those people together. Mm -hmm. Let alone there's not a platform that brings people of all different races together and that mm-hmm. shares each story equally. And yes. so that's why we've always been, we've always adhered to our idea, which is that the stories are random and we want everyone in the room and, so that we can cross-pollinate 
get inspired by the ways that different people are out there adventuring. And then as people share and reveal their stories, we realize these common themes Mm -hmm. that you connected with. Mm -hmm. So even though you're not an, you don't consider yourself a serious outdoor adventurer that I remember the event that you came to, it was in Tacoma. You've been to more than one now. And, <laughs> I'm addicted. But it's there another. Lot of fun. <laughs> They're so fun. But oh, in yeah. particular, that one in Tacoma, we had a really wide range of oh, yeah. stories and people who were good at telling stories. Yes. Which is awesome too. And that's always been our idea <laughs> too, which is we want the hardcore outdoor adventurer to come and share their story, even if they're not good at storytelling. Yes. And we want the person who's maybe not hardcore, maybe just dabbling, and who's coming, who's an excellent storyteller, and suddenly they're on the same platform. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we hear each of their stories and we can see relationships between mm-hmm. those, those people. And mm-hmm. so that's, I think, exactly, that's very intentional. And I'm really glad that people are able to connect with that when they mm-hmm. come. And hear those stories and hear the diversity. And also, I hope they pe- people leave inspired for what can they do, whether that's an outdoor adventure or something else in their life that, what can I do in my mm-hmm. life? If these people have swam across the English Channel or climbed the highest mountain in the world mm-hmm. or and lost 400 pounds, what can I do in my life? And mm-hmm. so I love that. I love that people are able to come and get connected in those ways oh, across yeah. across backgrounds, across disciplines, across mm-hmm. socioeconomic status, across yeah. race, races. Um, that's the that's whole point. Just an open invite. I mean, mm-hmm. you we found out about it through Dean, but I mean, it's just, it's online. You can just look it up and mm-hmm. it's open invite and that's it. There's mm-hmm. no other restrictions other than just go to the website and sign up kind of a thing. Yeah. But um, one thing I think it's important to talk about too is the storytelling element and how it does kind of encourage people to collect their thoughts um, because you definitely get a pretty broad range of people who are able to articulate and people who are um, more uh, hilarious and can kind of bring it to a point and get a good laugh. Um, And then you have people who have their notes and that's how they prepare. And then you have the person who's literally like, and on the third Thursday, I walked up to this spot. And you're like, uh, okay, your story is amazing. <laughs> so it's just the storytelling element, I think, is very important, too. Because um, the campfire concept, that's what I kind of, I don't know if that's an official thing. But the campfire concept, where you're getting together at the campfire at, um, you know, after you've hiked a day or two or whatever and you get to that spot and you don't know who you're going to meet and it's usually pretty fun to kind of share your stories and you never know who you're gonna <laughs> yeah and i feel like that's tapping into something that's very primal also yeah like how we've done things for uh, ever <laughs> yeah it's how we used to pass on information was, was mm-hmm. through storytelling so i think that the, that's probably what brings a lot of the power to those events too mm-hmm. exactly and a, and a lot of people have written to us after events and thanked us for being able to pass on their information. People Mm. who are used to writing things down in their blog, their race reports, 
but they find something extra special about being able to stand in front of people and tell them Mm -hmm. their learned lessons. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that you're right, that it's getting, it's tapping into something that's very deep within us and uh, letting us create those connections that are really important and meaningful. And also it bridges a gap. We love that when at the end of our events, people feel like they're amongst friends. People come in and they feel anxious and nervous. And I don't know if I have a story to tell. And I don't know if who I'm standing here with is going to be hospitable or safe to tell it with, Mm -hmm. which is all normal and and okay. Mm -hmm. But it bridges a gap by the end that people feel like they're among friends. And suddenly people are talking to other people because they have something that they know they can talk to them about. How many times I am, I'm a classic person where I go into a room of adventurers who I know are probably all cool, but I don't know how to start the conversation. And it's so frustrating to me sometimes. I understand, Shara, that that's not an issue for Shara. Shara should actually do a podcast. You guys should do a podcast between you, and Shara should share some tips about how to start conversations. (laughs) Interesting things that you actually want to talk about rather than like, wow, it's hot outside. No, seriously. Oh, scrambling. 
Okay. Oh, I could I've done that before. You have to put your hands yes. down. Yeah. But it's not so steep. Right? Yeah. yeah. You go from standing upright to, well, I've got to actually, like, figure out how to yeah. get over yeah. this yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. yes. I got it. Yeah. Nice. So. Yeah. You're a five-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, like a little bit of fear, a little, you know, you're anxious, you're, you're 
it's just kind of scary. Like I've never experienced this before. It's yeah. Brand new. So that, yeah, exactly. And so that feeling now you apply to other things, but maybe not that thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same exact thing that people, no matter where they are in the spectrum of outdoor adventures are dealing with just on different mm-hmm. adventures. Yeah. And they revisit that. And so a couple times now we've heard stories by people who have lost a lot of weight in the outdoors or through finding this thing that they love. Usually, well, once hiking, once um, ski, skiing, ski mountaineering, but they found this thing that they loved. They did this thing that was hard for them, really hard for them. Really that was, hard. That was not that extreme the first time they did it. And the thing is, is that it was really hard for them the first time that they did it. And it was extreme, but they did it. And then the next thing you know, they're like, they're going out on multi-day backpacking trips and ski traversing and climbing all of the 14ers mm-hmm. in California. But it's the same feeling mm-hmm. from the first time. And it's the same, it's getting to the same feeling, the fear, anxiety, or whatever that is, for all outdoor adventure enthusiasts and athletes. Mm-hmm. We all relate on those feelings. Yeah. And so it's really fun and cool and um, neat to be able to bring that red red thread in again and say, here you mm-hmm. go, here's how we're connected. It all comes mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And then like you're saying that, I feel like that gives you a confidence in those other yeah. areas because yeah. you're like, well, I've done this really hard thing over here, so I know what this feels like. And so then maybe in an entrepreneurial pursuit or whatever, you're able to apply that bit of confidence that you have to take away from there. So Yeah, yeah. Think, yeah you get enough confidence that if stuff comes along that you didn't expect, you're going to be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you also get a, a, the flip side is that you have had the experience of things going poorly and figuring it out too. So, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I've got these skills and whatever I'm confident and I can do these different things, but you also know, like, and also like if I fail, it doesn't feel that bad. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Like, oh, yeah. God, right. Like it's cool if I screw it up. Done it like, enough times now. Yeah. 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 So it's like, it's like an exercise that you put yourself in positions where you can succeed or fail. And when you fail, yeah. It sucks, but then you get used to it, and you're like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, just it's just a thing that happens, yeah. and then I'll try something else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think that's the perfect way to say it. It's, um, sorry, my brain just goes into, well, even bigger picture, why is it that that's something that everyone can connect with? Because everyone is trying to make those connections to problem solve in their lives, and they have different formats for how they problem solve. And outdoor adventurers have a very specific way that they can do it physically and mentally and emotionally at the same time. So without blah, 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 getting into too much of those details, I just think it's interesting that it gives you that plan, that platform for things to go well and for you also to fail. Mm-hmm. And you can get through it and have that experience and that confidence at the same time. Um, and just know that you're creating those new brain connections that are going to allow you to go through that process. And I think almost anyone can say, well, I would love to have that connection in my brain where I come up to some thing or someone or whatever in my life and I say I know that this could go well and I know that I could also fail miserably but I know that my brain will go through that problem solving process and at the end that will be the success that I've gone through that process and I love that <laughs> I think that there's actually a point back to the the storytelling thing too here because I feel like the people who stand 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I could, this could be super embarrassing. Like, I could, you know, cough as a total idiot. Mm-hmm. And, or, like, everybody could laugh and it could be, like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And people have both experiences and, mm-hmm. like, and it, but it's that same thing, right? It's that same sort of energy of, like, that little adventure energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that sort of, like, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think that's one of the reasons it works really well with this crowd. It, there's open mic storytelling stuff in a lot of different formats but i think it works really well with this crowd because it's people who like crave that experience a little bit right they like want to step out a little bit so and it's anybody who has had those kinds of experiences it's not a personality type in that experience because anybody regardless of how shy or outgoing you are or whatever you've done physically you have gone through something and so because of that you have the ability to say i can go through this process Exactly. And I think that that's, I'm just going to tie in the medical perspective for just a minute because we really hashed this out too last week in our podcast, which is that you're, you're talking about brain connections, but specifically we're talking about two things that are happening, personal agency and resilience. And so those two things are happening from outdoor adventures that can be bridged to other parts of our lives. But that's a medical to bring in the medical perspective, the public health perspective, people who can develop those things in their brains actually live longer. They have healthier families. Their babies are less likely to be low birth weight because they feel like they have some control in their lives in a world that seems chaotic and out of control. And so it's really important. And it's important that we realize that these connections are actually not just helping us, but helping the population too. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important to bring in the factor that this isn't just about, you know, that one person. It's about how you're making an impact on your family, whether you have a significant other or children or whatever, you still have family, whether that's your close friends or whomever. And then how are you making an impact on your neighbors or, you know, your more local community? I mean, those are very important things that happen over your lifetime and you have to deal with it at some point. Yeah, and we have control. I mean... It's, it's really easy right now, especially to, to feel like we don't have any control over what's going on in the world. But this, like this project that you guys are working on is something that you can control, that is contributing, that is making things better. And whatever, however small it might feel at times, you don't know how that impact that might have. That story that one person heard that went and inspired them to do this thing. That impact, You know, it, the ripple effect can be just crazy. So yeah. I feel like that's a a good reminder for us to, to think about like mm-hmm. it's not small to to try to make a difference to one person today no you know uh-uh. so no that's one person that's been impacted for the rest of their lives yeah that's huge yeah well i mean you guys have given us a lot of really great advice just in kind of going through personally your choices and being really open about that and i'm again thank you that's awesome um but if you were to um give some practical advice to um somebody right now whether that's for you know an example from your own life or whether that's more of a general quote what kind of practical advice would you kind of pass on to our audience in particular well i would start by saying a couple things one say yes to Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. that's just such simple 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 advice but so hard to do in real life If that means saying yes to the next time or to the phone call from a friend that you get this afternoon to go out to dinner, say yes. 
If there's not a real reason that you can't do it other than you don't want to miss your favorite TV show, say yes. Say yes because it opens up so many doors that you can't even imagine. I think the second that I can't not avoid is be financially responsible because that opens a lot of doors later too. And I don't know exactly who your audience is who's listening, but I if there's anybody in their late teens, early 20s, really think about those school loans that you're going to get and think about if there's a school that's cheaper because school loans you have to pay back later. I didn't ever realize that in my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that people told me that, but I didn't really know the impact that was going to have on me. It turned out fine and it's okay to take out school loans, but just think about that and think about getting a job, training for a job that will be able to pay your bills, that you're sure about that. I love both. I love training for... One thing that that is creative and that you can um, have as a as your your passion, but then I also love just having this part of my life that I could always fall back on, which is being a nurse, a nurse practitioner, and getting a job that can pay the bills. It's not a job I love. It's not a job that I want to do a lot of, but it pays the bills. And so thinking, being strategic about what are you training for that you can, I don't know, there's lots of jobs like that, electricians, plumbers, anything that's in the trades, like you can do that, you can do that. So just think about that early on because it it adds up over time and it mm-hmm. gives you this sense of freedom that you can mm-hmm. do what you want and come back to yeah. it, do what you want and come back for it, to it. You're not going to be tied to it in a way that, you don't like and that you resent later. Mm-hmm. That's been really important for me. Um, and I think, so to say yes, to think about finances, and I have a third, but I'm going to let Tim Yeah, I think that, um, Angel, that a financial thing is important that, gets to the point that um, if you want to do something creative or entrepreneurial, it's uh, it gets really hard if you don't have a solid base to build on. Like if you feel if it diminishes the amount of risk if you have a um, a backup plan, basically. But mm-hmm. uh, I was going to go a different direction, and I think uh, it sort of tracks on the uh, the conversation we're had we're having, which is just like figuring out how to just start doing what you want to do um, is a great way. Even if you're, you're not there, you're not a pro yet. You're not there yet. It's a great way to get comfortable with the process of failure, the process of like public embarrassment, the process of like, (laughs) of like going through that, all that stuff that you're scared of um, in a small way. If you just, if you just start doing it, I think the, the sort of concrete thing that I'm, I'm getting at here is like, my the thing I've really always liked to do is is write. The thing that I've always like when I was a little kid, I was like, you know, I want to be a writer when I grow up and that sort of thing. And it was always, I think it's, it was always a sort of thing that I was like, nah, I'm not, I can't do that. Like that's not who I am. And so I, it's been probably ten years that I like started blogging and just started throwing stuff out to the world. And at first it was like, oh, I can't believe I'm putting that out in public or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and now. You know, I think like just across time, you get really used to that process of like, oh yeah, you do. Sometimes when you do things publicly, they're not very good, and people are like, that wasn't very good. But 
that's how you get the feedback to make them better, right? Like you, yep. that's how you learn and that's how you get better at things. So it, it also, it gives you that confidence in, um, in lots of other situations. I think that one of the things you learn through this kind of public process is that people are pretty forgiving. If you're trying, if you're like putting stuff out there, if you're, um, if you're trying to, to do what you love, like, Sure, some people are going to be like, oh, that dude, that sucks. But like, but in the end, I think most people are like, but it's so awesome that you're doing this. Like, so many people don't have the guts to even try, like, to put it out there. And so it's like a very human thing that we recognize. Like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. people aren't perfect. But um, the cool part of it is, is that there are people who are still trying to do cool things in the world. So, so I think that that, like, just to loop back around, do things that are going to put you in a position to fail and put you in a position to be publicly embarrassed because like there's actually when it happens like it, it does happen and when it happens it's actually a good growth process and it, it doesn't it doesn't teach you that you never want to do that again it's the opposite it teaches you like how to do it again. how to do it again and like that it's not that bad mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah so and remember your third I sure did <laughs> because you because you tipped me off to it um to to do it now mm-hmm. because I and I took that line it, it's not it's not the this it's not the super original line but I um, was meeting with a woman named Siobhan Powell who's getting ready to start a, a festival this September called Refuge Outdoor Festival for people of color in the outdoors um and and her the reason she's doing it right now is because that's her motto do it now because Mm. and that's really where boldly went came from too from this idea in my head that i was like it would be awesome if someone did this like why doesn't someone do this if you have that thought Mm -hmm. do it now Mm -hmm. like just that's that's your perfect opportunity to to know what the thing is that you think is interesting and to work on it. So do it now. And I just, as Tim was talking, I just thought of a fourth. (laughs) We'll take it. We'll take all the advice. Yeah. It's so important to have tangible tips that you can act on, but it's just going straight off of Tim, which is get comfortable with vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is not bad. Mm -hmm. If anything, it's, awesome it's great it makes you into a better person and if anybody needs specific tips about how to get comfortable with vulnerability read Brene Brown so that's it for now (laughs) awesome um working working people guys females people kids dogs where can people find out about you guys like what's your website and all that jazz so our website is boldlywentadventures.com. You can follow us on Instagram at boldlywentadventures, Facebook at boldlywentadventures, or Twitter. But who uses Twitter? I mean, I guess a lot of people oh, ask yeah. it. Um, doesn't seem like much of our audience does. You uh, can find us on Twitter. At boldly underscore went. Yeah. And you'll get reposts from Instagram, basically. We don't mm. use it that much, but we're there. So follow us. <laughs> yeah, and we are always having shows all over the place. So mm-hmm. coming up, we'll be in Truckee, California, and Moab, Utah. And so people should keep in touch with us. They can sign up for our newsletter so that they can find out when our shows are going to be and come and listen to our podcast by searching Boldly Went on any 
podcasting engine that you use? Ooh, on all of them. <laughs> yeah. Not Spotify, which you guys are on now, which is pretty I know. awesome. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much, guys. We really yes. appreciate your time. It's been great time yes. with you. Thank you. Thank you for thank what you're creating. I think that it's inspiring, and I think that it's nice to see that people are trying to motivate and encourage others who are trying to find their passions in life. I, th- I think that we need more of that. So thanks for being the Forgotten Art Project and making <laughs> it happen and yeah. doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for checking out our latest episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for any links and additional info related to this episode. You can find us on the web at theforgottenartproject.com. And we also want to make sure and let you guys know about our Facebook group. Check out our Facebook page and click on the link to our group and we will make sure and add you. It's a great opportunity to continue the conversations that we are having during our interviews and we would love to have you be a part of it. If you have a great story or you know somebody that has a great story that you think would be a great fit for our show, please feel free to use the contact form on our website or email us at theforgottenartstories at gmail.com. We would love to hear about how you are pursuing what makes you alive. If you'd like to support this project, we've created an opportunity for you to do so. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the forgotten art project. And for as little as a cup of coffee or $4 a month, you can help us move this project forward and get some new equipment. Our first goal really is just to get some nicer equipment. You can hear how nice this microphone sounds. We'd like to get a few more of these so that the audio quality sounds fantastic for all of you folks to hear. We are truly honored to get to share your story.